You're listening to the Earn That Body Podcast, episode number 181. Welcome to the Earn That Body Show with Kim Eagle. Kim is an award-winning personal trainer. She trains her clients all over the world online and is passionate about empowering people by getting fit and healthy. You're all doing fantastic. Hope you're ready for a great week ahead. This is Kim Eagle, and this is the Earn That Body Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about something you've probably heard before. Have you ever heard that people blame their weight on slow metabolism? Well, what does that even mean? And is metabolism really the issue at hand? And if so, Is it possible to rev up your metabolism to burn more calories? Well, we're going to talk about all of that after this. And now it's time for the Eagle's Eye on Health. These are Kim's quick tips, latest health news, or piece of weekly inspiration. In today's Eagle Eye on Health, we are talking about apple cider vinegar. And does it really have all the health benefits that you've probably read about in the last year? Now, this information is coming from the University of California, Berkeley. They send out a public health newsletter that I happen to love. And this is what they have to say about apple cider vinegar. Now, it is made from crushed apples whose juice is fermented and commonly used as a condiment and food ingredient. The final product is mostly water with no nutritional benefits. Recently, though, apple cider vinegar has taken the internet by storm with tales by consumers and advertisements that claim it can help you lose weight, control your blood sugar, lower cholesterol, clear your skin, and even more. Although a few studies conducted over the past decade or so have found very modest weight loss benefits with vinegar, these studies actually did not focus on apple cider vinegar specifically. One often cited 2017 study of 44 overweight men and women suggests that apple cider vinegar may play a role in weight loss. However, the study's proponents usually fail to mention that the the participants were put on restricted diets. That was probably the cause of the weight loss, notwithstanding the apple cider vinegar. To date, there are no weight loss claims that have been proven by robust studies in humans that relate to apple cider vinegar. There's also no evidence to support other health claims, but that doesn't necessarily mean all claims can be debunked. It means that there have been few, if any, well-designed studies to investigate the apple cider vinegar's benefits. An example would be a few very limited small studies have shown improved glycemic control among some people with type 2 diabetes who ingest apple cider vinegar or even white vinegar, while other studies showed no effect at all. There's no biologically plausible reason why apple cider vinegar should be beneficial for people with diabetes. So what's the bottom line? Adding a dash of apple cider vinegar to your salad is not gonna hurt you, but really you should not expect it to replace healthy eating, physical activity, which is what you're always gonna need for weight loss. So just another thing out there, and I know we've talked about apple cider vinegar in some episodes in the past, but it's really one of those marketing schemes and it just, 
It bums me out that every time there is one of these new marketing schemes out there that so many people are falling for it and thinking, oh, this is the new trick. Oh, this is the way people need to lose weight. Oh, JLo did it or Beyonce did it, so I'm gonna do it. Just remember everything I've ever taught you on this podcast. One, research is research. So before you go and check out a new fad like apple cider vinegar being the key to weight loss, read the research. See if there is any because so often there just isn't. And sometimes there is, like they're talking about in this article, but sometimes it is skewed, right? So they might not mention that they also had these people on a restricted diet. And when you have too many variables in an experiment, it's hard to say which one was the root cause and effect, right? So just something to always keep in mind. Now let's get back to the topic at hand. We're talking about metabolism. Now, it's true that metabolism is linked to weight, but contrary to common belief, a slow metabolism is rarely the cause of excess weight gain. Although your metabolism influences your body's basic energy needs, that's for sure, how much you eat and drink, along with how much you move your body and get physical activity, are the things that ultimately are going to determine your weight. And I got a lot of the information today that we're talking about from WebMD, and I'll talk about a few other sources as well. Now, metabolism, just so you know what it actually is, it's the process by which your body converts what you eat and drink into energy. And during this complex biochemical process, calories in your food and beverages are combined with oxygen to release the energy your body needs to function. Now, several factors definitely determine your individual basal metabolism. Things like your body size and composition. So people who are larger or have more muscle, they burn more calories, even when they're at rest. Another factor is your sex. Men usually have less body fat and more muscle, and women usually have more body fat and less muscle, unfortunately. Um, Another factor is your age. As you get older, the amount of muscle tends to decrease and fat accounts for more of your weight, slowing down that calorie burn. So there's definitely factors that determine your metabolism and these factors change as we get older. But what can we do for our metabolism? Because I refuse to believe that as we get older, we just throw in the towel and decide, okay, I'm getting older, therefore I'm going to gain weight. And if you knew how many clients that have come to me thinking that, and then were pleasantly surprised after I helped them lose weight, you would be amazed. So many people basically throw in the towel as they get older. Yes, I'm not going to lie. It's harder to lose weight as we get older, but it can be done. And often when we get older, the reason we are gaining weight is because we are throwing in the towel and we're eating more sweets and we're drinking more wine and we're not working out consistently like we once did. So just keep that in mind. You don't have to throw in the towel because you're getting older. There are many things you can do. And we're gonna talk about right now some things you can do to definitely help your metabolism along. The first thing, build muscle. Did you know that you are always burning calories all day, all day, 
even when you're standing still. This is called your resting metabolic rate. Some people call it the RMR. Well, guess what? This RMR is higher in people that have more muscle. That means they burn more calories just sitting around than someone who has less muscle. They say that every pound of muscle uses about six calories per day, while each pound of fat, guess how many calories it burns? Two. So would you rather be burning six calories or two calories when you're sitting around? That adds up a lot over time. So the first thing you can do to help your metabolism along, especially if you're getting older, this is the best thing anyone who's aging can do, is start putting on muscle. The next thing you can do, number two, would be push the workout intensity. Excess post-exercise oxygen consumption, better known as what you might have heard as the afterburn effect, that is the number of calories you burn after a workout, when the body expends energy to return to that resting state. Now, when you're working out, your body's breaking down and utilizing fuel, muscles are getting torn, that's what they do, they tear, that's how they get bigger, and everything has to regenerate for the body to return to homeostasis, to that back to level place. In order for the body to do that, it has to actually use calories to get back. So it's really interesting that this afterburn effect, it definitely does exist and we definitely want to maximize it. So yes, you're gonna burn calories when you're working out, but why not burn them also after? Now study after study has found mixed results on what type, what length, and what intensity of exercise caused the body to burn the most calories post-workout. Plenty of research has proven that the high intensity exercise results in more extra calories burned post-workout. The best way to maximize your afterburn effect is by combining those high intensity workouts with low intensity training. So try a high intensity workout two to three days a week, which is typically what I tell you. Work out hard, get those hard high heart rate workouts in two to three times a week. And that could be from cycling, sprints in your running, interval training, um, even certain kinds of weight training. And then use the rest of the days to do low intensity training. That could be anything from walking, to a leisurely low heart rate run, or even an easy swim. So always cross-training and maximizing the way you do a workout program to include the high intensity with the low intensity because that is going to help your metabolism. Now the third thing that benefits and boosts the metabolism is when you stay hydrated. And when I say hydrated, I mean with water. Your body needs water to process calories. So if you are even mildly dehydrated, your metabolism could definitely slow down. In one study, adults who drank eight or more glasses of water a day burned more calories than those who drank just four. So to stay hydrated, you wanna drink a glass of water or technically an unsweetened beverage before every meal and snack. Also, snack on fresh fruits 
and vegetables because they naturally contain water as well. And that would be better than munching on the pretzels and the chips and the processed foods that come in bags. So stay hydrated. I personally think water, water, water. Um, uh, People are always asking me, what about sparkling water? You know, can I have my Topo Chico? Yes, you can always read the label. There sometimes are added ingredients in those things, but why not just have water? You'll tend to drink more plain, regular water than a bubbly water, and the point is to stay hydrated. Now, the fourth thing that you can do to help that metabolism along is you want to eat every three to four hours. Eating more often can help you lose weight. When you eat large meals with many hours in between, your metabolism slows down between those enormous meals that are full of high calories. Now, having a small meal or snack every three to four hours keeps your metabolism cranking, so you burn more calories over the course of a day. Several studies have also shown that people who snack regularly eat less at mealtime. So the point is you want to eat every three to four hours. I personally eat every two to three hours. So I kind of think the three hours is sort of a golden area. And you want to base that a little bit on hunger. What I see with my clients is that sometimes when they come to me and they have not been eating enough for a long time, usually because they think that they can't eat more because they're not losing weight and they don't want to gain weight, so they start starving themselves. They don't realize how low their calorie intake is until I work with them and show them, okay, this is what you're eating. This is how many calories it takes for your body to just sustain daily function. And this is how many calories you need when you're also working out. So when they see that, oh, I really am under eating, they realize that we need to start revving up the metabolism again because those are the people who tell me, I'm not hungry. I wake up and I'm not hungry, so I don't eat until noon. Or I'm not hungry every three hours. I'm really not hungry, you know, for four or five hours. Those are the people who ate so little for so long that their body learned how to slow down because it knew it wasn't going to get food for a long time. So all you have to do is rev the metabolism back up. I've helped many people do that. It takes some time, but one of the ways we do this is making sure that we're eating every three to four hours. Then eventually, most of my clients will be eating every two to three hours. doesn't mean they're eating huge meals every two to three hours. It's usually breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. But keeping what I say, the fire burning. So think of your metabolism like a big fire pit. And if you let the fire go out, that's your metabolism going out. So we need to keep fueling the fire with calories all day long to keep the fire full. Now, the fifth thing you can do to benefit your metabolism is pump up the protein. Your body burns many more calories digesting protein than it does eating fat or even carbohydrates. As part of a balanced diet, replacing some of your carbs with the lean, protein-rich foods can actually boost metabolism at mealtime. And good sources of protein would include lean beef, turkey, fish, white meat chicken, 
Uh, if you're a vegetarian, you can certainly use tofu, that's fine as well. There are nuts and beans and eggs, low-fat dairy products, all fantastic proteins that are going to benefit your metabolism. Now, I always teach and preach balanced nutrition. So you don't want no carbs. You do need carbohydrates. You need healthy carbohydrates, but we also need protein. And a lot of people, once they start looking at their food logs, when I work with them, realize they thought they were getting enough protein, but they actually were not. So definitely pump up your protein if you feel like you are someone who has a sluggish metabolism. Now, the last thing that you need to do, and we sort of touched on this a little already, you need to stop starvation. So crash diets, those involving eating less than or sometimes at 1,200 calories a day if you're a woman or 1,800 if you're a man, that kind of calorie deprivation it's terrible for you. It's bad for anyone who is hoping to drop weight and quicken and boost their metabolism. Although these diets may help you drop pounds initially, it is going to come at the expense of very important balanced nutrition. And it backfires because you can lose muscle and that's gonna slow your metabolism for sure. And the final result is that your body burns fewer calories when you're starving yourself and gains weight faster than before you started that crash diet. So starvation, fad diets, some of these ridiculous diets where you take out entire nutrient groups or no sugar at all, um, including fruit, you know, the keto diet, you know, no fat, high fat, low fat. Some of these diets are just ruining people's metabolism. So stop the crash diets, stop the starvation. If you're hungry and you don't eat, that's not a way to live. It's a miserable way to live, right? Nobody wants to be hangry. Trust me, nobody. And no one wants to be around you when you're hangry either. So do not starve. It's not the way to weight loss. It is not the way at all. So that's some of the things that you can do to boost your metabolism, especially, as I said, as we get older. But then you're going to read about some things that temporarily boost your metabolism or are marketed as boosting your metabolism. And I just want to go over those briefly to make sure you understand what these are. So what about those energy drinks? Some ingredients in energy drinks can give you sort of that metabolism boost. They're full of caffeine, which increases the amount of energy your body uses. Sometimes they have something called taurine in them, which is an amino acid. And this can speed up your metabolism, and they say may help burn fat. But guess what? Using these drinks can cause a lot of problems. For one, high blood pressure. Along with that, anxiety, and generally people who drink the energy drinks have sleep issues. The American Academy of Pediatrics does not recommend them for kids or teens. Did you hear that? Please do not give your children or your teenagers these energy drinks. They honestly have so much crap, how about that, in them. 
And one of the things that's added are often these things that really make your heart rate pound. So sometimes there is an ingredient called ma huang in them, and there are things to really sort of pump up your heart, and, and all of a sudden like you feel like you have all this energy, but they're not healthy. So don't do the energy drink thing, it's not recommended. What else could temporarily boost your metabolism? Well, you might have heard that spicy food can. Spicy foods have natural chemicals that can kick your metabolism into a higher gear, so they say. Cooking foods with a tablespoon of chopped red or green chili peppers can boost the metabolic rate. The effect is basically temporary, but if you eat spicy foods a lot, the benefits could add up a little bit. But for a quick boost, you can certainly spice up a pasta dish, your chili, your stew, all that. You could put some red pepper flakes in. Again, this is a very minor and temporary boost of metabolism, but you do get a little kick. Also, black coffee. If you're a coffee drinker, you probably enjoy that energy boost that you get, right? Maybe even get some concentration perks from your coffee. Taken in moderation, one of coffee's benefits may be short-term rise in metabolic rate. Caffeine can help you feel less tired, as we know, and it can even increase your endurance while you exercise. I don't have a problem with black coffee, just needs to be like everything else, in moderation. I generally say one to two cups a day. That should really be your max. If you're someone who's depending on it all day long and you're having these crashes in the afternoon and you're depending on that coffee, then you might want to start weaning off so that you don't depend on it. Now, what about the last one, which is green tea? Drinking green tea or oolong tea, you might have heard of, offers the combined benefits of caffeine and substances shown to rev up the metabolism for a couple of hours. Research suggests that drinking two to four cups of either tea may push the body to burn 17% more calories during moderately intense exercise for a short time. There's nothing wrong with green tea. It's to me, it's like black coffee. It has some benefits out there, but it does have caffeine in it. So it's just something that you don't want to overdo. The other tea that they're talking about is oolong tea. Um, so that has a similar benefit. So these little things temporarily boost metabolic rate, but by no means are you eating spicy food to help yourself lose weight and your metabolism. That's not gonna happen. And that's really everything about metabolism. To me, the most important things that you wanna take away from this is that well, for one, even as we age, and yes, metabolism slows down, you don't have to give in to it, but you do have to be a little more proactive to keep it going. And you can do that with simple things like building muscle, working on that workout routine to make sure you have enough high intensity with low intensity, hydrating with water, that's pretty standard, right? Making sure you eat enough every three to four hours, get the protein up, and definitely stop the starvation diets. If you can do those things, I think you're gonna be just fine. And if you are starting to feel the effects of aging and metabolism, literally write those six things down and this week make them your focus because you might see a change fairly quickly in how you feel and you might even see the number on the scale drop fairly quickly. So never underestimate what you can do 
by yourself on your own in a healthy and balanced way. Now, of course, I am always here to help you. So if you do have a fitness goal, a weight loss goal, and you are just stuck, email me at kim at earnthatbody.com. Tell me what are your goals? What have you been doing? And I have so many different program options. I will help figure out what is the best program for you. And I'm excited that Willpower Workout Program just kicked off, the Nutrition Recharge just kicked off, and I am in the process of revamping the Earn That Body Program Instead of it being a 10-week program, it is actually going to be a five-week program because it's a little more affordable for people. So if you've been wanting to do the Earn That Body program, it is being revamped. Shoot me an email, kim at earnthatbody.com. And after I complete a couple of these trials, I will be releasing the revamped version. That's everything. I hope you all are doing great staying healthy, staying safe, and just remember that the Earn That Body podcast is always here to bring you fitness, nutrition, and health information that you can put into play right away. For more information about Kim Eagle's online programs, go to earnthatbody.com or check out Earn That Body on all forms of social media, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube.